The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Hey everyone, welcome back to the 5 Tool Podcast. As always, I'm George Klein, and this week I talked to Alex Zimblist about all the stuff that's going on with the NBA playoffs. It's a fun time of the year, mid-April when it all ramps up, so we gave our predictions for each of the first round matchups, analyzed them, so had a lot of fun with it. Hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening. Alright, so I am here with Alex Zimblist, and very exciting weekend coming up. It's the start of the NBA playoffs. It all begins on Saturday, the day that you'll be listening to this podcast. So we did this last year, and we're going to do it again where we just go matchup by matchup, give our picks. So let's start out with the Eastern Conference, and we'll go with the 1-8 matchup. Number one, Milwaukee Bucks against eight Detroit Pistons. I think this is a four-game sweep for Milwaukee. The Pistons have been struggling down the stretch of the season. Blake Griffin's injured. We don't really know like how, how healthy he is. Is he going to play game one? It all seems a little bit up in the air. Milwaukee has been you know pretty steady the whole season long, even with Malcolm Brogdon out. So I'm feeling pretty good about them. Again, the key for me of this playoffs is the second round of the Eastern Conference, which I'm sure I'll get into a lot as time goes on. But for now, I think Milwaukee takes this pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to have a hot take or anything on, on this matchup. Uh, it's... It's the Bucks all the way. Uh, I'm going to give the Pistons a game just because I think there's playoff jitters. Definitely, e- even though they've already played a whole long season, playoffs are a different animal. So I think all the teams are going to have some kinks to iron out um, early in the, the first round. So I think I think Detroit will steal one, especially, you know, they do have some star power in, in Blake and Drummond. I don't know if you want to call them stars, but um, I, I think they've got enough to take a game. Yeah, I think, I mean, just the way that the NBA playoffs are set up, you have to have a really shocking result to see an eight seed even sort of in a series with a one seed, and I just don't see that happening here, especially with the way that they ended their year. They were, if this was the series three-fifths of the way through the season, I would feel a lot better about the Pistons coming through, but they seemed locked into the sixth seed for a while there and then just lost a lot of momentum again, dealing with some injuries. I just don't have any trust, but either way, Milwaukee in four, Milwaukee in five. It doesn't seem like either of us thinks that this is a particularly close series. That's right, yeah. All right, and then we've got number two, Toronto, against number seven, Orlando. And I got to say that it is kind of nice, especially with the Magic and the Nets. I'll start with the Magic here, just to see some new teams in the playoffs. It's been long enough since Orlando crept into the playoffs. And they did seem to kind of come out of nowhere. If you looked at this around midseason, they were hovering closer to that Hornets below the Hornets range where they were in. 10, maybe even an 11, weren't really that close to the playoffs, and then really maintained, really improved down the stretch of the season. They got really hot. Hot Vucevic, obviously, is a big story. Again, they're a really strong defensive team, so they can make it tough for teams to score, but I don't think this one is particularly close either. I think especially with Toronto, I'm expecting Kawhi to sort of unveil himself in true Kawhi mode. He seemed to coast a little bit throughout the season, and I think now that he's locked in, that he's playing every game, I think we'll just see Toronto emerge to even a slightly higher level than they've reached this year. Because there have been certain gaps of performance throughout the year where 
you look at the Raptors and you wonder exactly what happened to them for a game or two, but I think that they're able to shut it down. I'm going to take Raptors in five. I think Orlando gets game three at home, but not much else. Yeah, um, similar to the last series, I'm going to have a very similar take, except I'm again going to give the lower-seeded team an extra game. I'm actually going to say Raptors in six. Raptors in six. Um, and, and the reason for that is just the the Raptors have some playoff struggles. Not the, you know, Kawhi Raptors, but the Raptors, you know, of LeBron days. I think might might have some playoff jitters. You know, remains to be seen how Lowry will play. But but what the first thing you touched on when you introduced this matchup is that the Magic haven't been in the playoffs in a while, and I think they're psyched. I think they're fired up. I think that they, you know, had to fight for that last or for a last playoff spot, and and I think that they're going to come out of the gates with something to prove. And I think especially. Along that vein, when you're talking about someone like Vucevic, when you're talking about someone like Fournier, they've been with this team for a while now. They've had a lot of heartbreak, a lot of lost seasons that have been ruined from mediocrity. So they will be hyped. I do think that they win a game at home. So I guess this will be a more competitive series, but I still think that the Raptors have a major advantage here. Absolutely. All right, so then we've got the 3-6. 76ers Nets. When I first was looking at it, I kind of waved away sort of the Nets pointed to the Sixers and five. But the more that I look at it, the more close this series seems like it could be. Not saying that the Nets will win. I do think that the 76ers have this one. But some ominous reports about Embiid's knee. Will he be ready for game one? Seems like the wrong time for this to be happening. You don't want these injuries to suddenly hit at the end of the year. And the Nets... They get the job done. They really faced, at the end of the season, they had a brutal schedule to try to to bring a playoff spot home. A lot of people were expecting them to fall off, but they were able to sort of surmount that challenge, keep it going, not just get into the playoffs, but grab a sixth seed, which is, which is pretty much the highest seed that they could have hoped for all year long. So I like what I see from them. Talent wins out in the NBA. That's what we see postseason after postseason. So I'm going to take 76ers and 6, I think especially once Embiid comes back. If he misses Game 1, he comes back for Game 2. It's sort of a wash from there, but I do think that the Nets can maintain a strong fight. I agree with that. I think uh, I'm going to take the same pick. I'm going to take 76ers and 6. There's a few things that I'm looking out for. One, like you mentioned, George is Embiid. Another is Simmons uh, You know, was one of the most impressive rookie of the years that we've ever seen you know last season um but he was terrible in the playoffs terrible like like really really bad um and also there's kind of indications that certain teams kind of know how to know how to defend him and know how to play against him so I think that's a a big point for the 76ers I think Embiid the health is a concern but I'm even you know more keeping an eye out on Simmons I think Embiid will be Embiid on the the Nets end of things D'Angelo Russell had a great season and did a lot of great um, things, you know, brought his team into the playoffs as the best player on that team. He hasn't proven himself that he can play at that level um, in the playoffs, that he can lead a team in the playoffs like that. He is still young. A lot of the compliments that people have given him about his game this year is that he's matured a lot as a player. Maturing as a regular season player um, is one thing he hasn't shown that that uh, maturity is going to carry over into the playoffs. So um, that's what I'm looking for on the Nets end. 
Okay, so we both have the 76ers. Now we have the 4-5 Celtics-Indiana. This would have looked like a lot stronger of a matchup entering this year, but now we're, we're looking at both teams that are trying to find themselves, and I just think Boston, by virtue of being more healthy and having their star players, have a better chance than Indiana. I'll let you speak first on this, though I would like to note that Marcus Smart will be out for this round with that oblique injury, which he injured and in, which he tore, it said, in the last week of the season, which is just a brutal string of luck. And then obviously Oladipo's out for Indiana. So who do you have in this one? Yeah, this is a tougher one for me, actually. A lot of the matchups are tough because I'm kind of rooting for all the teams, and so I, I want to say both teams are going to win. This matchup's the opposite. Like, I can't... I, I think that the Celtics have vulnerabilities and I could definitely see them losing first round but I also think that the Pacers you know would be a a good candidate for a first round upset pick so it's kind of tough for me actually to go with either team you know I I'd buy into the issues that the Celtics have had I think a lot of people just assume that they can turn it around come the playoffs um, yeah, it's definitely possible, but they need to convince me by playing well in the playoffs. So I'm not just going to give them that automatically. The Pacers, on the other hand, you know, I just don't know if they're as good a playoff team as a regular season team. They don't really have star power with Oladipo out. I'll take Celtics in six, I guess. I'm going to take Celtics in five. I think that when you look at Indiana, if you look at their last part, if you look at the last part of their regular season, really struggled, didn't have a lot of impressive wins, lost to a lot of good teams that you would want them to compete with. I just don't think that they're the same team, I think, that they were able to kind of hold, that they were kind of able to keep themselves above water for a while while Oladipo was out, but eventually they kind of succumbed to the situation, and I just think that they're on the downslope right now of their year. We'll see what happens when Oladipo comes back next year and if they can sort of re-spark that momentum that, that they previously had. I don't love the Celtics. You're right. They have a lot of real issues that I think will hurt them in this playoff run. I don't think it hurts them here yet. I think once we get to the second round, then it's a different story. But I think when you just look at it, when you look at the Celtics, when you look at Indiana, what is on the floor right now, I think the Celtics are clearly the superior team. It is nice that Hayward has improved his play over this last part of the season. So I like that. Again, I don't think that the Celtics are great. It's an incredibly disappointing season for them based on what we want from them. But I think that they win this in five. So not a lot of upsets there in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, we picked, I think, No, I mean, it's it's also that the the Eastern Conference kind of has four basically good teams that people are, it's a push, which one people... Uh, take for coming out of the Eastern Conference and then the other four teams nobody's really given any attention or or really thinking that they're going to make a run which is different than the Western Conference uh, which we're going to move to now obviously but there's some more talent at the at the bottom you know half of the playoff teams yeah I mean when you look at the Eastern Conference it's there's four teams and then there's everybody else and once we get to that second round like I mentioned earlier then it'll get interesting then it'll get really interesting because we'll see these four powerhouses well Four conference powerhouses just go to war against one another, each with major free agents that will be coming up at the end of the season and I think can have major ramifications for the league moving forward. But for now, we'll go to the first round of the Western Conference. We've got the number one seed, the Golden State Warriors. Huge surprise there against the eight seed, the Los Angeles Clippers. 
The Clippers were a great story. It's a classic, more than some of their parts kind of a team. Jerry West did an incredible job with forming this team. They're a lot better than anyone expected them to be. But this isn't going to be close. Warriors in four. Warriors in five. No real reason. Except, no, there is a real reason, which is that I think the Warriors have shown that they're vulnerable. um, And they've lost random games to bad teams and the Clippers aren't even a bad team. The Clippers beat them during the regular season at least once, I'm pretty sure. Once, yep, that uh, happened on November 12th, 2018. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think that that they've got, they're a team that fights um, and, you know, I think the Warriors are definitely coming from a position where they've, you know, won the last two championships Um, It's going to be harder for them than other teams to be locked in every game. I could easily see them going up 3-0 and then kind of losing losing a little bit of focus or attention uh, one night. Then what's interesting about the Western Conference is immediately afterwards, it all sort of tightens up. When you look at the 2-7 between the Nuggets and the Spurs, it's a lot different than that 2-7 we see in the Eastern Conference where the Raptors were 16 games better than, than the Magic as far as records go. And here it's only six games. And this is a pretty interesting series to me, just in that the Nuggets are a new up-and-coming young team. This is this core's first run to the playoffs. They just missed the playoffs last year, came in with a lot of hunger this year, rode that all the way to the two seed. But the Spurs, they're one of those teams that's always in the playoffs. They expect to be in the playoffs. The moment won't be too big for them. You know that uh, Popovich will have something tricky to kind of throw at, at the Nuggets. So I think this will be a close series. I mean, if you look at the regular season numbers, they each split, each team won two out of four games. So I'm going to take Nuggets in six here, but I think this is going to be a very close series with a couple of last second swings. Yeah, absolutely. I actually think this one's going the distance. I'm going to say seven games. Um, And I'll take the Nuggets too, just because I think, you know, when you have to choose a team in a seven game series, you should choose the better team. And the Nuggets are no doubt the better team. But but like you said, it's this kind of core of players around Jokic. And I love Jokic. Um, and I think that he really is a guy you can build a team around. But, you know, in their first year kind of as a, a powerhouse team like this, I think that, you know, they might not just dominate right away like they did during in the regular season. Yeah, and I will say that for me, this is a big series for DeMar DeRozan, where the knock on him has always been can't perform in the playoffs, always shrinks in that moment. But if he can be a leader here and lead the, lead the Spurs into a seven-game, a long seven-game series, maybe even lead them to an upset, then I think that really swings sort of his reputation sort of in the league as a playoff choker. So this is a big moment for him, and I think that he'll be pumped up for that, just even more added urgency to a star player on the in this series. So with that, we have the 3-6 matchup, and a lot of people, including myself, are looking at this as a potential upset. We have the three-seed, the Trailblazers, against six, Oklahoma City, and really fascinating series. Portland obviously went through the Nurkic injury, which was awful. I expected that to be a major setback for them, but they did keep winning to their credit. They sort of kept up their momentum over the last part of the season, and OKC really stumbled throughout March, and kind of won a couple of games there at the end to sort of at least hold on to the six seed but Paul George hasn't been the same guy for a while now has a very injured shoulder it's becoming more and more apparent some concerns Steven Adams had a hard fall but Oklahoma City is very very talented 
And I just think when you look at them in a series up against Portland, I would rather have Oklahoma City's roster right now, and I'm going to take them in six. I think that between Westbrook, George, Adams, you got to think that they can overcome Lillard and 60% of McCollum since he recently came back, but he's not the guy that he was before since he's kind of out of it. You know, he's been injured. So I'm going to take Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm actually going to take Oklahoma City in five. Ooh. Um, I think that, look, I think Lillard uh, has gotten better every season. I used to be down on Lillard. I don't know if I've told you this, George. No, I, do, I know I told you I was down on Lillard, but I like him more now. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I definitely respect how his game's developed. Um, and I think he's a great player. I don't think he's great enough to, you know, drag his team through the playoffs, you know, like LeBron did all those years. And I don't think that he has that great of a team around him. I think they're a really good regular season team. But look, we saw that last year. The the Trailblazers went up against the Pelicans and got swept in the first round. And and to me, uh, yeah, maybe that that happening last year gives them more incentive this year or something, a, a chip on their shoulder. But I, I, I just really think that Oklahoma City is a better team. They have more good players. Um, I, I think that they have... I think Oklahoma City can step it up above the level that they played during the regular season. I think they have another gear. I think they have that playoff gear. I think Portland plays in their playoff gear all season. I just don't think that they're going to uh, be able to step it up anymore. So, it, you know, anything short of Paul George really being injured, um, I think Oklahoma City is actually going to win that one pretty easily. Yeah, you made an excellent point there in that Oklahoma City's floor is definitely lower than the floor of the Trail Blazers in that when they're at their worst, they're a lot worse than anything I think that Lillard and his group will do. But they have a much higher ceiling in that we've seen them being able to compete with the top teams in the league. You know, I mean, it was only a couple months ago when everyone was saying that if you look at the greatest threats to the Warriors possible this year, Oklahoma City has to be up there. And people aren't saying that anymore, but I still think that we've seen them at that level. They can get back to that spot again. So I will say that when you're in the playoffs, you want teams with that high ceiling because everyone's going to be at their most motivated, going 100%. So I think you see teams aim closer, unless it's an absolute choke, but teams will try to perform at at their best and it obviously helps when you have a lot more of your best to give i guess is the word is the way that i would put it so yeah i think we're both in agreement that oklahoma city takes this one yeah and 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 i think westbrook especially you know this this new thing with paul george this experiment a lot of people kind of you know maybe criticized it didn't think paul george would stay didn't think that they would be a effective duo didn't think that they would be you know whatever 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 um, and I think that they have something to prove as a duo that, you know, they're up with the elite, um, you know, one-two punches in the league. And then we have, in my opinion, a very interesting first-round series, the 4-5, the Rockets and the Jazz. I actually saw a stat that surprised me today where the five-seed in the Western Conference has won the 4-5 in something like seven straight years, which seems wild to me. I don't know, but... This is going to be, in my Seems opinion, meaningless. But I mean, it's meaningless, but it's fun. It's, it's it is fun. It's a fun fact. But this is an interesting matchup, just in that it's the offense of Houston against the defense of Utah, and whoever's strength can overcome the other team's strength will take this one. But I'm going to take Houston. I think that this goes 
seven. It's the only seven-game series I think that I'm calling. But I think we'll see a good amount of games where Harden just can't get any, anything to fall. And he has one of those days where he shoots something like 9 for 26 from the field. And Utah and Gobert are protecting the rim. And Mitchell scores 40 points. But I think at the end of the day, I just don't trust Utah to score enough here. I just don't think that they're quite at that level yet. I mean, Houston only a couple days ago was in line for a two or a three seed, but then had like a late second stumble. Now they're the four seed. But I do think that this is really interesting because it's one of the best offenses that you can see against one of the best defenses. And I think that like Harden matchup at the perimeter, Harden in the paint, it'll be really fascinating to watch. And especially what he'll get from Chris Paul and Clint Capella. And especially Chris Paul, who hasn't performed as well as we might like. He can rewrite the narrative of this season. We know that he'll be hungry coming off what happened to him in the Western Conference Finals last year. So I like Utah. I've been on the record that I've always liked Utah. They came on strong again this year. Just don't think that they quite have enough to get in that upper echelon. So I'm taking Houston in seven. Yeah, um, Houston in six for me. Again, I agree with everything you said, George. I think that Harden's going to have a couple games where he gets shut down. I just don't think that it's realistic to expect a team to shut Harden down four out of seven games. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is going to be one of those series where I think Harden's going to score 50 points in four games. And, I mean, he'll still probably score 30 points in the other two that Utah wins, but much less efficiently. When it comes down to it, they've been in the playoffs, um, you know, perennially um, over the last bunch of years. Chris Paul is a veteran player who's not going to go out quietly. James Harden is going to will his team to win, as as we've seen, um, as we saw him do during the regular season. And I love Utah, and I would really like to see Utah win this series. Um, So it's kind of tough for me to pick the Rockets in six. Uh, Mitchell and Gobert are just two of my favorite players uh, to watch. Really great players, and, and and you know they're a fun team too because I think they play just really solid basketball. But that being said, the Rockets are the Rockets. There's a reason they almost took out Golden State last year. So you know, Rockets and six. Yeah, honestly, what I will say is if you're looking for one matchup that might result in a playoff fight, I think this is it right here. Just because there'll be a lot of physical play, a lot of prickly personalities. I think that. When you're talking about someone like Joe Ingles, who's just an irritant a lot of the time, and even Jay Crowder, Chris Paul, oh, Ingles a Gerald and Paul Green, fight would be there's going to be a fight. <laughs> yeah, that's just like a given, I think. Okay, so we'll do this for each playoff round, but as of right now, if I had to ask you what would your predicted finals matchup and result be, what would that answer be? So like one Eastern Conference team, one Western Conference team, off the top of your head right now, while we're on the cusp of entering the playoffs. Oh God, George. Okay, I hadn't I hadn't prepared for that question, so let me just think about it real quickly. All right, I'll, I'll be boring and take Golden State and Eastern Conference. Eastern is tough. You know, it's really tough. Eastern Conference, I'll take the Bucks. Yeah, that's actually my answer too. Um, and. And in terms of a final score, oh god, I, I'm I just I want to take the Bucks and I don't want to <laughs> be the person who's like I'm a Warriors, um, but Warriors in six, yeah, Warriors in six. Yeah, my thought on that between Warriors Bucks is when you look at the Eastern Conference teams, I think Milwaukee constantly plays 
at its best more often than the other teams we see. If you look at Toronto, they have a lot of lapses where you just kind of scratch your head wondering, why did Toronto lose this game by 20? What exactly happened? And everyone seems asleep. So they're really good. I just don't think that they bring it at the same level every game. And then with the 76ers, same thing. It's a team that seems like it's a lot less than the sum of its parts would indicate. They have all this star power, but at the end of the day, they've lost a lot of winnable games. I think the fourth quarter end of game, end of close game stretch is still an issue. So I really do question how far they can go in the postseason, though I would love to see them keep advancing. So I like Milwaukee right now. It would be awesome to see Giannis in the finals, just to see him on that stage. And I'm going to take Golden State in five, just because with all of that said, I still think that they're the best team by a mile. And when they when they turn it on in the playoffs, it'll just be a whole new game. Though I will say that I'm sneaky glad that the playoff seeds kind of worked out like this, because I was worried that Houston would end up playing OKC like uh, yeah. a couple nights ago. And I wanted both those teams to have the potential to take their shot. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, if you're looking ahead, which of course I'm constantly doing, if you if you imagine like the picks that we've made would get through, we might see Golden State Houston in the Western Conference semifinals, which is a really interesting second round matchup, and then OKC in the Western Conference finals. So that's mm-hmm. two series that I would imagine would be competitive and close. So I think it's the best shot we could possibly have at maybe like a magical seven game series again. Yeah, and look, I I think that Golden State is the favorite, and yeah, I picked them to win. But I think coming into the season myself and a lot of people were like the the outcome is already decided and I don't feel that way at all anymore. I think the Warriors showed during the season that they can be really vulnerable, obviously, especially if there's injuries. But even without, um, you know, they've there's been games where they just kind of look outmatched um, and, and they definitely aren't without their issues. You know, that's that's why we that's why they play. Right. All right. So it should be fun over the next what? month and a half two months it's it's a long playoff it's a long ride I'm excited, it's a lot though. of fun yep it definitely adds some entertainment to the end of our school year for sure I'll yes i'll say that uh so that will be it for us alex as always thank you thanks for having me george all right we'll be watching the playoffs closely thank you for listening and goodbye